This is like a garden. If it is not cultivated, it cannot be harvested. That is our proverb for today. Welcome, friends. Snap, snap, snap. And today we are in Guinea. Now, for the record, Guinea is different from Guinea-Bissau and different from Equatorial Guinea, which we have already talked about. In Guinea, we're talking about a mango dish called mango rafalari. Sometimes Guinea is called Guinea-Conakry to differentiate it from Equatorial Guinea and Guinea-Bissau. Conakry is the capital city, so that's where the name comes from. Kind of like how DRC and the Republic of the Congo are sometimes called Congo-Kinshasa and Congo-Brazzaville. Guinea is in West Africa. And the western border lies across the Atlantic Ocean. It shares the rest of its borders with Guinea-Bissau, Senegal, Mali, Liberia, Sierra Leone, and Cote d'Ivoire. Guinea used to be called French Guinea, and it's a former French colony. The official language is French. Though, like in almost all countries we have talked about, many Guineans speak indigenous languages as well. The country has a population of 12 million. Guinean cuisine has a lot of foodstuffs that we've talked about in previous episodes, such as rice, plantain, fufu, lots of greens, seafood, and vegetables. For example, yetisi is an eggplant and fish stew, and futi is an eggplant and tomato stew. There's fufu. In fact, I think everyone in West Africa eats fufu. You can find kansie, which is a peanut and tomato and lamb stew. There is also plantain and patats or fried sweet potato. It is also common to find non-alcoholic drinks made of ingredients with ginger, hibiscus, or sorrel leaves, tamarind, and vanilla. Uh-huh. Now let's talk about mango raffolari, which is a palm oil and mango stew that you can eat with rice. Mm-hmm. I found this very interesting because, you know, like when you order sometimes Indian food, there's like a mango chutney and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I've never seen a stewed mango, particularly in African cuisine. Um, you don't often find that combination, as far as I know, in West Africa anyway. Mm-hmm. It's usually sweet or savory. Mm-hmm. We also don't cook our fruit, but a few sources mention that bald mangoes are eaten quite a lot in Guinea. Hmm. Well, for our listeners, it might seem like the last three dishes or so, we've somehow ended up making dishes that look similar. And that may be down to the palm oil that gives it this yellowish reddish color. For this meal, it looks almost entirely like the yellow slash red look. In my opinion, because mango is yellow, its color has been absorbed into the palm oil. But then you have pops of color with some of the red peppers or vegetables. Its consistency is what I would describe as thickened cornstarch. As usual, we have pictures of this on our blog and on the episode cover. But for those who have not had a chance to take a look yet, you're welcome. Okay, so let's talk about how to make raffalari. First, to make it, you need mangoes. So the recipe I saw called for 12 mangoes. Now, we live in Canada. Mangoes are not cheap in Canada. The mango is about almost $2 for one mango, roughly. Well, you don't eat mangoes? Emmy's looking confused. Why, why, why are you so silent? I'm confused. Um. Okay, so I buy a bag of frozen mangoes from Costco. <laughs> oh, so you don't buy fresh mango? No, okay. not really. I don't, like, I don't like having to bite into it. It gets in between my teeth. That's if you buy the fry burst one. But anyhow, I like my mangoes fresh. I don't often get the opportunity to buy fresh mangoes, so I buy bagged mangoes as well. Mm-hmm. So when I saw See? this recipe, I was like, no, I'm not buying 12 mangoes. I'm cutting this recipe in, like, I'm making a third in terms yeah. of portion. So even with that, I went and I bought the mangoes. Like, in fact, I'm not buying four mangoes. So I, I substituted. I bought um, whole, three whole mangoes, and then I used a bag of frozen mangoes as well. 
I think we need a company that produces mangoes to sponsor us so that. <laughs> that, that oh, you guys, if you sponsor me, oh, the way I will rep you guys. Because I have a mango problem, actually. Whenever I'm in Nigeria, like mm-hmm. during mango season, it's really cheap. You can probably get, for the equivalent of, let me do some fast math, with a dollar, I think you can easily get up to three or four. Mm-hmm. When I went to Nigeria one time during May, during mango season, I promise you I ate at least two mangoes a day for three straight weeks. I don't know how I did not get sick. I was just there. And the mangoes See? are amazing. Mango sponsorship. That's what we're looking for. <laughs> snap, snap. Speak it into existence, people. Man, and clearly in, in, in Guinea, mangoes must be maybe like affordable all year round mm-hmm. i assume they would have seasons because the fact that they could make this with 12 mangoes was amazing to me mm-hmm. but anyhow so we have the mangoes to go back to what we we're talking about before we got distracted by the juiciness of mangoes oh mangoes are, are the bomb diggity yes uh so you have your mangoes you have palm oil um a hot pepper onions a little bit of crayfish or shrimp powder but it's ground mm-hmm. and you have um fish mm-hmm. itself the recipe for mango raffalari indicates that it's a fish stew but because yami doesn't eat fish i had to do what i usually do in fact you're the reason why i don't make a lot of fish dishes i'm just saying god bless yeah mm-hmm. you know we can make some more dishes with odika you know yeah you can i'm just saying mm, you can we all have things we don't necessarily love <laughs> just saying anyhow what i did was i kind of split things into two so the first thing you do is you boil the mangoes. Now the recipe I looked at said you boil the mangoes for about 20 minutes and then you discard the water. But I didn't want to do that because I know mango is rich in vitamin C and vitamin C is water soluble. That's one thing I remember from primary school. And so I wasn't going to toss out all the vitamin C from the mango water. So I just drank it. So if you make this, <laughs> looking at me okay. funny. I'm just saying it'll hurt my soul if I hear people make this dish by making boiling the mangoes and throwing the water out. That would really bug me. By the way, I should have said you peel the mango. You can actually use the mango and like even make it a, into a smoothie just to get some of that vitamin C. Yeah, you could, but I didn't have the energy to. By the time you boil, it becomes like a slightly thick syrupy water. Oh, okay. Yeah, you can you can still kind of make it into something else or add it to your yogurt if you want, if you have a thick yogurt. But I didn't toss it out. Um, I forgot to say you should peel the mangoes, guys. Please don't boil the mangoes with the skin on. And That's then try important. To, and, don't, and try to drink the water after that. That's not going to work. So you peel the mangoes, you boil them for about 20 minutes. In a separate pot, you heat up your palm oil. And then what you're supposed to do is chop up the onions, the hot pepper, which is the scotch bonnet pepper, and the fish. You flake the fish so you have tiny fish pieces. And then you also add in the shrimp powder. You kind of make a mix of everything. And then you put it into the palm oil. And then you kind of fry the fish, I guess, or cook the whole mixture for about 15 to 20 minutes. And then after you do that... You add in your mango, take it out of the water, add it, and then cover with a little bit of water and then continue to cook for another 20 to 30 minutes. So at the end of the day, the mango kind of thickens the stew a little bit and then the flavor, the savory, spicy flavor of the palm oil and the mix kind of gets into the mango while the mango also imparts some sweetness into the sauce. Mm -hmm. Now, what I did was instead of mixing everything together, um, I kind of followed the same procedure except I didn't use the fish. And then when it had cooked for a little bit, um, I split the pot, the stuff out into two and then added the fish later. So you can choose to omit the fish if you want. The thing is, they said mango raffalari is a fish stew. They didn't say mango fish raffalari. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. So, yeah. And once you've done that, you're good to go. You have your food ready and you can serve it with um, rice. That was the one serving I saw that you could do it with. 
Yeah, like I, I had mine with rice. So Yemi kind of already described what it looks like. It's like almost your typical palm oil color, like reddish, yellow, mm-hmm. orange mix. Again, it's a little bit thickened by the mango. Mm-hmm. You have the mango seed left in there. I didn't say to take it out. But by the time you've cooked the mango that long, you find that the mango has kind of shrunk, like it lost all its fruit. Okay, so it has become very soft? Yeah, like it's... it's Well, yeah, definitely the mango is soft, but it's also lost a lot of the body because the fruit has kind of gone into the sauce. So what you're left with is a little bit of fruit covering the seed. Mm-hmm. For mango lovers like me who eat mango like we have no home training... I eat a mango to the seed until the seed is white. I know a lot of people in this part of the world, what they do to eat a mango is they cut it up and then they toss away the middle hard part. Mm-hmm. That's a waste of mango. I devour that seed. I eat all the fruits around it until it turns white. Why though? Because it's delicious. The seed is delicious? Not the seed, but the fruit. You can't waste the fruit around the seed. So I'm not eating the seed. I'm eating all the orange fruit around the seed until the seed is bare. Oh, yeah. it's like people that um, suck on bone. Well, that's disgusting. Oh, <laughs> you, so you can understand why I'm looking at you this way. No, it's different <laughs> with mango. We used to say this. We used to have the joke in secondary school because about bride price. Well, like if anybody ever sees you eating a mango, the way you eat a mango, your bride price will drop. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's me and chicken feet. It's not the same thing. Totally is. Totally is. Okay. So what did you think about it? The taste? It was interesting to me, and I know I say this a lot. Um, for me, I like the idea. I had never come across boiled mango in this way, right? So it was really, really, really new, which is interesting given that it was also cooked with palm oil. Um, so it was a very different spin on an ingredient that I'm very familiar with. Mm-hmm. And what I wanted to say as well is that it actually speaks to how unifying food is even though it's from completely different countries right Mm -hmm. so the fact that you have palm oil and it's being made in such diverse ways Mm -hmm. from beans to mangoes is actually really really interesting and one would think that once you had the palm oil and the mango it will taste weird it does not no it actually tastes like a mango sauce with almost like a hint of palm oil so the palm oil was not overwhelming, which is something that I really appreciated in this dish. Mm-hmm. I appreciated the fact that it was sweet, but the sweetness was not like you're drinking sugar or yes. like eating like a mango jam or something. It I was, noticed that. Yeah, it was very, it was, it was such a pleasant meal. Did it, did it by any chance remind you of plantain? It did. It almost, it was, Ijoma, I know, you I went live to long. My mother's tuition didn't you go You live waste. long. Thank you. It was literally, it's like eating a plantain um, porridge. Like a ripe plantain. Ripe plantain porridge. So if you're one of those like me that think plantain is life and you've ever had plantain porridge and you're like, ooh, yes, hallelujah, and you're eating it and you're praising God. For the ripe one. Yes, ripe plantain porridge. Mm-hmm. And so if you're ever one of those, you will love this. I can guarantee it. I mm-hmm. beat my chest and guarantee you, you will like it. It's but almost to, like, it's like... Um, it's not quite the same, but some people make beans. And what they do is when they're making the beans porridge, they cut ripe plantain into it. And so the plantain cooks. Ah, there you go. So it kind of made me think of that mm-hmm. when the plantain kind of cooks and sweetens the the beans up a little bit, depending on how much you use. I really liked it because um, I'd made two different pots. I tried yours and I tried mine. I kind <gasps> of... Why did you eat my food? I tried yours and I tried <laughs> mine. I kind of liked mine better well, because fish. 
But I found that what the fish did, if you eat fish, was first of all, mine was a little bit thicker because the fish had kind of thickened the stew because it was flakes. But then it also added this depth to the dish. That's the only word I can think of because the sauce on itself is a little bit thin, mm-hmm. red thin sauce. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you add that to it, it just it makes it fuller somehow. I don't know how to describe what it did. The other thing I should mention was I did not use raw fish, even though I think the recipe here says smoked fish or something like that. I'm very particular about fish. I had fish that I'd already fried. Mm. So I I wouldn't, unless you're a really big fish lover, I'm sure it'll cook if you use raw fish, but I don't like the smell of fish. So I really liked that the fish itself was spiced. So by the time I added it in, it brought out this, like we said, it was kind of sweet, but not too sweet. And every once in a while when you bite it, you kind of, like you hit the pepper. Like yes. every once in a while. So it's sweet, sweet. And you're like, ooh, a zing hello. Of spice. Because <laughs> I was like, lazy hello. about chopping it. Because yeah. I chopped it up yeah. right, instead of blending. Mm-hmm. So you find that it's, if I were to describe the dish, I would say it's like a thin red sauce. It's sweet, but not overly sugary sweet with a hint of pepper and a little bit of zing spiciness. Zing a zing. Yeah, I, it, it was it was interesting. And what I liked was because I'd also used bits of frozen mango. The mango had softened into it, and so I would I found like maybe one or two softened mango chunks. Ooh, presents. No, I really <laughs> I really liked the dish. Um, the thing though is for the quantity I made because you're not using a lot of water when you put the mango into the sauce and cook it. It doesn't look like it brings out a lot of sauce. And so I was like, well, living where I am, this is three mangoes gone. And I mean, a small sauce left. <laughs> but it's small but mighty. It is. And maybe you don't need much because I'm a big stew person. Like when I'm eating a sauce, I need it to drown my you rice. Need to, you, need to ba- you need your rice to bathe yes, in the stew. I'm one of those. I'm, I'm not. Okay. So maybe for you it was enough. Yeah, it was. Okay. Right. And oh, I forgot to add when I was speaking in that um, for mine, I had mine with a side of coconut rice. Oh, that would so have it flavor. made it even more. It almost felt Caribbean, like I was having like Caribbean food at some point, like mm. mix of you know mangoes and coconut rice or whatever. I don't know. I felt like I was Wait, on a trip somewhere else. Those are things that you also eat in the country where you come from. You've called it Caribbean. It's tropical. Any tropical country, coconuts, mango. That's true. But I don't <laughs> eat a lot of coconuts. I don't eat a lot of coconuts in Nigeria. Maybe because I don't live in Lagos. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's funny because I have more coconuts elsewhere than I do when I'm... Actually, you may be right because for us in Lagos, coconut season comes and I've only I've only noticed this among Igbo people because I, I don't know about anybody else. But that June-July period is the time when we eat a combination of corn, ube, which is the safu fruit that we talked about earlier mm-hmm. in the previous season episode. Um, that's ube and coconut. They eat them three together. I don't really get the combination. But that's a thing that I see a lot of like growing up Igbo. Um... In Ghana, in Accra, they drink a lot of um, coconut water. I don't know about the rest of the country, but I know in Accra, you might find someone selling a coconut and they have the, this is the actual water straight from the coconuts and they just give it to you, break it open for you, put a straw in it and you're drinking the coconut water. Mm. But I, I don't see that much in Nigeria. So it's possible that you don't I see think a little coconut. I've seen it, um, but usually it's closer. From my experience, if you go to Lagos, which is the commercial capital of Nigeria, it's closer to the beach area. So yeah, on the true. island, you would see that. But okay. it's been years since I went there. Uh, mm. know, too much traffic. Sorry, guys. Okay. So this brings us to the end of our show today. Thank you for hanging out with us and visit our site for more pictures and information about Guinean cuisine. Bye.
Thank you for listening. While the podcast airs every two weeks, we have a backlog of episodes just waiting for you to enjoy. The show is a collaboration between Tunuka Media and 234 Pantry. African My Kitchen is produced by Tunuka Media and co-hosted with 234 Pantry. So while on Instagram, visit both Tunuka Media and 234 Pantry. With Tunuka Media, you'll find out about more shows produced which aren't necessarily food-related, while on 234 Pantry, you will get more food-related content. For example, Tunuka Media also produces another show called Overlooked, which I host. All the links with the relevant information to connect with us are located in the show notes. Like, subscribe, and share within your community. We'd also really love for you to give the show a high rating wherever you enjoy your podcasts.